Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events behind the scenes footage and so much more plus you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon it's in you please be in it visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now that's podcast with an s thanks from kqed Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Whipped by high winds and dry conditions, wildfires are burning in Napa and Sonoma counties this morning. Homes have been destroyed on the eastern edge of the city of Santa Rosa, and thousands of people have been evacuated across wine country. There have been no reports of fatalities or serious injuries. One blaze, the glass fire, has burned 11,000 acres as of last report. And in Butte County, north of Sacramento, a flare-up of Weeks-old fires has prompted evacuation orders for the town of Paradise and surrounding communities. Paradise was the scene of the state's most destructive wildfire, which killed more than 80 people in 2018. Meanwhile, on Sunday, Pacific Gas and Electric announced planned power cuts for up to 65,000 of its Northern California customers in 16 counties. The utility giant increasingly shuts off electricity as a preventive measure, so its equipment doesn't spark a wildfire in dry and windy conditions. PG&E says it has to wait for weather conditions to improve and inspection of power lines before restoring electricity to customers. In other news, Governor Gavin Newsom signed a new law on Friday that gives California some of the most expansive standards in the country for providing access to mental health care. KQED's health correspondent April Domboski reports. For years, private insurance companies have exploited legal loopholes in order to delay or deny treatment for mental health conditions. State Senator Scott Weiner says insurers often refuse to help people with depression or addiction until they're in crisis. If someone has stage one cancer, we would never tolerate an insurance company saying, it's too soon, come back and see us when you're at stage four cancer, then we'll provide coverage. We would laugh that insurance company out of the room, and yet that is what we have tolerated in this state and in this country for far too long. The new law requires insurers to provide timely access to care and to cover the full range of conditions recognized by the American Psychiatric Association. For the California Report, I'm April Domboski. Let's turn to politics. Election Day is just over a month away, and as it approaches, a lot of Californians are worried about the integrity of their presidential votes. That, according to a new poll from the Berkeley Institute of Governmental Studies. KQED politics reporter Guy Maserati has more. Partisan lawsuits over voting rules, President Trump's unfounded claims about massive vote-by-mail fraud, it's all leading to increasing doubt from California voters. 42% of likely voters say it's unlikely the presidential election will be conducted in a way that's fair and open. The doubt is strongest among voters who self-identify as very liberal or very conservative. Just one-third of moderate voters are concerned about the election administration. 
but voters across the political spectrum expect a divisive fight ahead. 82% of all California voters, including similar numbers of Biden and Trump supporters, worry that many Americans won't accept the outcome of the election. For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzarati. And it is not hard to find anxious California voters. I was on a street in East Los Angeles recently when a local resident named Jesse Reza approached me. Seeing my microphone, Mr. Reza wanted to talk about his election fears. I still think that if you vote by mail, they're going to do something. So you're going to go, what, bright and early on Election Day? Oh, yes. I'm going to go. I don't have to walk too far. Half a mile to the park and go there. I'm out of there in about 45 minutes. If there's not a long line. If there's no line. And if there's a line, you'll just stay? There's a line, I just stay there and wait. And you're prepared for that? Yes, sir. That's Jesse Reza in East Los Angeles. And just a reminder that state and county election authorities say voting by mail is safe and secure. So no reason to actually go to your polling place or vote center on Election Day. There's more than just the presidency at stake this election year. So, too, are seats in Congress. One of the most vulnerable House Democrats in California this year is Representative T.J. Fox, who narrowly defeated Republican incumbent Congressman David Valadeo two years ago in California's 21st congressional district. KQED Central Valley correspondent Alex Hall has this report on a rematch between the two candidates. A cattle auction is set to begin at Overland Stockyard in Hanford, about 40 minutes south of Fresno. Former Republican Congressman David Valadeo has pretty high name recognition here. Many people, like walnut farmer Vicki Stanfield, know him personally. He's local, Hanford. Kids went to Hanford High. Democrat T.J. Cox unseated Valadeo by less than 1,000 votes in 2018. Now they're facing off again. Constituent Durbin Pedro works in the dairy industry. He thinks Cox has done an okay job, but... For the agriculture issues, I I think he's fallen a little short. His issue? Water. For this part of the valley, we need somebody who's more aggressive to get more water for our farmers. This is a rare swing district in California, with all or parts of Fresno, Kings, Kern, and Tulare counties. Four years ago, voters here re-elected Valadeo but also voted for Democrat Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump. In Huron, a farm worker community in the district, almost everyone who lives here is Latino, including Luis Enrique Gutierrez. He works at a furniture store that now sells toilet paper and hand sanitizer to stay open as an essential business. He says he'll vote for T.J. Cox because he's a Democrat, unlike Valadeo, a Republican who supports Trump. Gutierrez says most voters here don't like President Trump because of what he has said about Mexican immigrants. Because Republicans represent Trump, we will always be against Republicans, he says. In campaign ads, Valadeo has portrayed himself as almost nonpartisan. David Valadeo is different, an independent problem solver. He worked with President Obama to bring more water to the Central Valley. Unlike two years ago, when Valadeo distanced himself from Trump, this time... You also have somebody here 
When Trump was in Bakersfield in February to talk about bringing more water to farmers, he called Valadeo up on stage to join him. All his life, and he's running for the 21st Congressional District, David Valadeo. He's kind of between a rock and a hard place. Tom Holyoke is a Fresno State political science professor. He needs to keep his base in that district, you know, the hardcore Republicans and Trump supporters, but then he also needs to capture some Democratic voters. Paul Mitchell of Political Data, a bipartisan voter information company, says Democratic registration went up in the 21st district ahead of this year's primary. But that doesn't guarantee Cox will win again. There are people who are Democratic because of maybe they're a union member. Maybe they just have always been Democratic. But being Democratic doesn't mean that you're for AOC and the Green New Deal when you're living in the Central Valley. Both Cox and Valadeo have been embroiled in personal financial controversies. But in a year when voters are focused on the pandemic and the presidential election, it may just come down to who ends up voting. For The California Report, I'm Alex Hall in Fresno. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. And finally this morning, let's go to the kitchen. Because of a state law in the books, a home-cooked meal might do more than feed you and your family. It could also make you a little extra money. But now venture capitalists are wondering if they too can profit from the law by turning home cooks into the next gig economy workforce. Here's KQED's Sam Harnett. Two years ago, California passed AB 626, which allowed counties to legalize the sale of home-cooked foods. At the time, local food advocates feared that the bill would draw the attention of venture capitalists. So we're worried about the Uberization of homemade food, essentially. We're worried that these gig economy tech companies are going to come to really dominate the homemade food sector. That was lawyer and local food advocate Christina Oatfield two years ago speaking on KQED. It's the kind of monopoly strategy that a lot of these tech startups take that is so concerning because once they have that monopoly, they're so powerful. They have they they effectively control the market. And then she says you don't have empowered people with their own businesses. You have gig workers 
working for a company that calls the shots. The folks behind AB 626 tried to build in protections against venture capital takeover of home-cooked food, things like requiring local regulations and forbidding third-party delivery apps such as DoorDash and Uber Eats. Matt Jorgensen had a hand in the bill. He was co-CEO of a home-cooked food company called Josephine. We want cooks to be the owners of their own data, customer relationships, to be the face of their home restaurant not to become low-wage gig workers subject to the whims of a new type of profit-maximizing platform. But sure enough, now that AB 626 is law, VC-backed startups are looking to capitalize. In the Bay Area, there's a company called Chef, spelled S-H-E-F. It was started by a former Obama technology advisor and a former Facebook employee. Last month, it got $8.8 million in venture capital. That's a ton of money for home-cooked food, says Caleb Zegas, the executive director of La Cocina. The nonprofit has been helping cooks in San Francisco start their own businesses for 15 years. Zegas thinks venture capital will push these companies to try and profit off of chefs instead of build them up. When you get venture-backed money uh, where return is the goal, and particularly massive return, that no matter how genuinely interested you are, principally, the service that you're offering is, you know, going to be weakened as a result of Companies like Chef are selling hot home-cooked meals in places where they're not legally allowed to. A spokesperson for Chef says that its cooks should be using commercial kitchens, but that it doesn't require proof for them to be on the website. There is another approach to this kind of company. Take the example of Food Gnome. We set about to do this in the right way, in the legal way. Akshay Prabhu is the CEO. Food Gnome just operates in Riverside County, which is the only place in California with local regulations that allow for the sale of home-cooked meals. Chefs like Keon Taylor in Riverside County make and sell their food right at home. People tell me like, hey man, you this is the best po' boy hands down I ever had it. I'm from Louisiana or I've been in New Orleans. I go to New Orleans every year, two and three times a year. And I'm like, man, get out of here. Chef KT, as he prefers to be called, decided to become a chef after working in the military. But at the Cordon Bleu Culinary School, his teachers warned him how little he'd make as a line cook. $12, $15 an hour to work. And I was like, oh, no, I got a family support. I got grown people bills. Chef KT is betting that Food Gnome has his best interests at heart and that he never has to become a gig worker for some app. Food Gnome is trying to expand. It's backing home-cooked food regulations in Alameda County, San Francisco, and elsewhere in the state. For the California Report, I'm Sam Harnett. And that is the California Report for Monday, September 28th, a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Two Chairs, offering virtual therapy sessions designed to help clients thrive. Two Chairs therapists have personalized care to over 4,000 clients in California. Learn more at twochairs.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. And Personal Capital, offering remote telefinance services with financial advisors and digital financial planning tools. Personalcapital.com. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. 
Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randa Dirfetah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast.